Welcome to Loinlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet or anywhere. I'm your host, Megan. And back from the Valley of Droughtlander, I'm your host, Joe. <laughs> and we're back, which it's exciting to be back. We're back for sure. And um, before we started this podcast, I actually looked, do you know when we did our last podcast? I don't. I don't. I was actually wondering that. It was, well, the final episode of season five of Outlander aired May 10th, 2020. So we would have had our final Outlander podcast or our last Outlander podcast, May 11th, May 12th of 2020. We were just in the very, very first few months of COVID and at that point. We were like, point. guys, this is, we're almost to the end of this yeah. and here's one more Loinlander for it. Like, no, wrong. I can't believe we've been living in COVID for three months. It's yeah. so crazy. Yeah. yeah so... Anyway. It's, it's been a it's been a long time. It's been a little bonkers. It's been a journey. Yeah. And it's great to be back. It was exciting to sit down together and watch episode 601 of Outlander entitled Echoes. It was weird. I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten how how it could be. How it could be. So this episode was directed by what did you call her? Kate Cheesemuffin? Oh, Kate Cheeseman is her name. Her her name is Kate Cheeseman. Yeah. Um, she's done some episodes of Call the Midwife, which is a great show, a great British show. Yeah, I don't really know much about her. I know you were into Call the Midwife for a little while, but yeah, we took a look at her and she, she's got she's got some credits, yeah. so that's good. And this episode was, unfortunately, written by Matthew B. Roberts. Our favorite. Well, he's not, and in the past we have not loved the episodes that he's written. I mean, it makes sense because Matthew B. Roberts is kind of the, the showrunner uh, now and and usually the showrunner will write the the pilot or the the first episode and the last episode of the season generally speaking so it's no surprise that he wrote this cheese muffin right he didn't know cheese muffin is the director oh yeah sorry right mistake. the episode is echoes so we we begin this episode with a long recap that actually has Claire's voiceover kind of walking us through it. Time is marked in different way. And it just shows like all the stuff that happened in the last, I feel like it even went back further than just last last season. No, it was good. And I, I mean, for, for and we me, needed it was it. very necessary. It's been two years. Yeah. So we needed that for sure. And there's one clip of Claire saying to Brianna, time, space, history, be damned. And we both agree that that was the most, it's like the most Claire, Claire thing, thing ever. To say. Also really the most outlander thing just in general. It's like, do we care? Like there's no, they don't, they couldn't give less shits about time travel ramifications. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That be damned. Be damned indeed. Then we have Ardsmuir Prison, 1753. And you said, oh, it's a flashback. That's fun. And then you said, you know, we like a good timestamp here because we yeah. did get one. Yeah, which was right nice. off the hop. They're, it's like they listen. It's like they listen to us. And you know what they I don't. was thinking? The thing is, they have, they're working with these two actors, Katrina Rolf and Sam Hewen, who are 40, but really they look 30. And right now they have them playing 50 somethings. So they should be doing these kind of flashbacks all the time. Yeah, because their youth. Yeah, like, this is the content that's interesting, right? Yeah. yeah, also, the era they're in now is boring as hell. It is. It's really slow. There's not a lot going on. Like, yeah, let's flash back to Ardsmere Prison. Now, that being said, if I'm going back to Ardsmere Prison, there's two people that I want to see. Lord John Gray and, and Murtaugh. And we didn't see... Neither Ta. Either of them. Yeah. And where was Murtaugh? 
I don't know. It's weird. Like maybe he showed up after. I don't. I don't know. But there should have been some sort of explanation there, though, because everyone's like, as soon as you see Ardsmere Prison, you're like, oh, good, Murta. Yeah, I mean the impression that I got, and I didn't really. It was I super confusing to me for sure. But it seemed like Jamie had just arrived, like or had been maybe. there for a very short amount of time. So maybe Murdy was still, you know. Being, in, hi- in hiding but jimmy was hiding for seven pile? years in the cave remember he was living oh. in a cave before he went to ardsmere prison well played yeah i don't know i don't know what the hell anyway whatever it makes about as much sense as everything else in the show so you can't really question it yeah you didn't like the flashback no uh you, like the ardsmere thing no, no it, it was just confusing like for someone who uh knows nothing about the the inner bowels of the book it's like I didn't understand why, yeah, I said bowels, why people were, um, you know, I didn't really understand the divide between the prisoners. I mean, I kind of cobbled it together that, you know, Catholics and Protestants or whatever, but like they could have, they could have fed me that a little bit more. I didn't really understand who Tom Bombadil was there. The Tom guy, Christie. Right. The, the guy, the churchy guy. And like, it, it was, it was all just like. All these new characters I've never seen except the, McDo- the McDo's were there. McDo, you and you act, you said that. Are we yeah. going to see McDo number one and McDo number two? And we sure did. And we sure did. So you said, because I could tell you didn't like the flashback, and you said, this is a quote, the problem is this makes no fucking sense. That was, uh, you have quoted me accurately. Yeah. There, yeah. And I have to say I agree. All we needed to know was that Tom Christie is a horrible person and that he and Jamie didn't get along. We didn't need 10 minutes of, of all of that backstory. I don't think we needed it, at least. Not really. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, like, it, it, it. for what we needed to get from Tom Christie, it certainly was long-winded. Right. But it was nice to see McDo number one and McDo number two. That's right. And I will say, you can tell that, you know, Jamie is the leader. Mm-hmm. And he's looking out for them. And... It made me a little bit sad because both of them had bad endings. One of them died when um, Claire was getting robbed yeah. by Stephen Bonnet, and then the other guy. Do you remember how he died? It was he was it was a hanging. I don't. And he remember. said to Jamie, like, I want to. It was the beginning of season four, and he's like, When I die, I want to look at you. I want to look at something Scottish and normal. Mm-hmm. And then Jamie like ran up to the front. You don't remember this? And he like stared no. at him as he hung. Anyway, so well, then it goes in one ear and out the other. He continued to look out, look out for those guys, which was great. Although you did say you felt like McDo number two looked nourished. He looked nourished. This was before um, uh, the starvation. I guess uh, so. of Ardsmere Prison. He was apparently. Hiding out at a at maybe like a bakery? Maybe. maybe Those two like actors that. must have been so excited yeah. to get the call. Exactly. And one of them was like, so sorry, I'm supposed to be starving in yeah. the prison because COVID's I mean, been tough. Whatever. COVID's been tough for all of us. <laughs> I am not here to judge. I'm just, I'm just going to say he was like, uh, you know, he was nourished. Yeah. Comparatively speaking. Yeah. So we're in Ardsmere. There's, I mean, I really... I didn't like anything about it. The flogging scene. I don't need to see any more people being flogged on this show. I don't need it. I was actually yeah. counting because it disgusts me. Oh. We got that horrible. Well, first of all, uh, Jamie gets flogged in the in the very first episode by Jack Randall. And then there's that like flogging to death scene in season one that's disgusting. 
And then I feel like there's another one in like season two or season three. And then we have two and that's five flogging scenes. Yeah, I mean... Nobody needs to see that. The flogging does not bug me. I don't know why. I'm not certainly not pro-flogging. But, yeah, it's never bothered me. I don't know why. Maybe because... Ugh, it disturbs me. Why. Anyways, yeah. so there's the flogging scene because of the tartan. There's a little Easter egg there. That tartan was made from the same cloth that Bonnie Prince Charlie was wearing in one of the last episodes of season two. Um, that is an Easter egg for you. Well, for lots of people. Yeah, great. Cool. Anyways, yeah. I did like when Jamie looks over and Claire comes walking down Ardsmere Hall. Oh, sorry. No, I, okay. I, no, no, no. You made me remember something when you said about the tartan. One thing that I found weird is that there was never like any repercussions to the guy, for the guy, who mercilessly smashed the blind dude's head in with a rock. Like nobody was like, hey... Chad's a bit of a dick. Maybe we shouldn't talk to him anymore. It was just like, oh, this guy died. Like, and it's like Jamie knew who did it because he watched it and no one ever brought it up again. Chad just like moved to the back and was like, I didn't see nothing. Like, yeah, that's true. No, it wasn't odd. Was odd. There was a lot of inner turmoil, I think. I guess. 20 years later, we get another Tom's, uh, we get another timestamp. Yeah. And you said, oh, it's Tom Christie. Hasn't aged a day in nope. 20 years. <laughs> he's, he's drinking the same unicorn tears as uh, Laura John Gray. It looks exactly like they didn't feel the need to color his hair. No. Nothing. 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 And then we get the opening credits. Oh, yeah. With the new, uh, the dulcet tones of the male voice. It's, it's two. It's like a duet. Okay, cool. Yeah, anyway, it was uh, it was new and different. I, I do love when they change up opening credits. I do too, and they do it every season. Yeah, that's one thing they do well here in, in Outlander. And then we get the title of the episode, and do you remember what it's... You know how Outlander always kind of shows you what the episode oh, about, yeah. is about? Oh, yeah. No, actually, I don't remember. It was over the ether, the dripping ether. It said echoes. Right, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get that at the time. And just... I feel like you made some reference to the title not meaning anything, but there's a lot of echoes happening here. Like Claire is, you know, experiencing the trauma and the echoes of the Browns constantly coming back into her life. And Jamie, Jamie's echo is Tom Christie coming back. Mm. Right? These haunting echoes. It's a little vague. I don't know. It works for me. We can do better. Christie's maybe it could have been called. No, I think echoes is perfect. Big Tom's back, Big Tom's red hair. So we get we get the Fraser's Ridge music, and it shows how Fraser Fraser's Ridge is doing, and Mm. it is doing very well. No, they're hopping, they're hopping to Fraser's Ridge for sure, building houses, herding goats. It's a community. Yeah. Jamie walks in to see Claire, and she's just discovered her ether, and he thinks she's dead. Yeah, no, he's all freaking out and stuff, and uh, she's very impressed that she... She's so happy with herself. She's quite pleased. Yeah. She invented anesthetic. She says she's so happy. It's like, of course she did. Next episode, she's going to invent a cell phone and a microwave. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, Claire can just invent anything. That's right. Then she goes to check on Marcelie and Jamie goes with her and she says, you're like my shadow. So you can tell he's still experiencing the aftermath trauma of what happened to her at the end of season five. Which was pretty nasty. Was horrific. Um, and while they're both away, well, first of all, we need to talk about the fact that Marcelie is bruised and you're like, what's going on? Oh, like The beginning of the, uh, just a shit storyline, I can tell you. Already. I know. I know. And you asked me if this was in the book and I just, I don't remember because this is... I knew it was- 
immediately what was as going soon on. as you saw as that as soon as i saw yeah. it, i knew exactly where that was going and i'm uh, anyone who listens to the show both of you know that i am never here <laughs> i'm not here for happy fergus and i'm sure as shit not here for sad drunk fergus no I'll tell that you was, that. yeah yeah you did you knew so while jamie and claire are off doing the house call with marcelie tom christie knocks on their door and roger comes out and says how can i help you and tom christie says who are you? And do you remember what Roger says? He's like, who are you? Yeah. He knocked on my damn door. Which yeah. is what and, I would say. And I have to say, like, it's so nice to see Richard Rankin again because he is such a good actor. And I know that Roger has a bad rep in the Outlander universe because they have portrayed him as a pretty... A dick. I mean, a bad character, which yeah. is such a shame because Book Roger is very sweet. And I think I can tell by the writing in this that they're trying to make good on his yeah. character. Like, no, no, he's, he's not a dick. He's, he's a... not a horrible man that, you know, gets upset if his girlfriend's not a virgin. Like the stuff that they did to that character in season three and season four, like, oh, my God, horrible. Richard Rankin is here to make it all better because mm. he doesn't miss a beat. He's got he's got so much talent it's got a beard back now that's the good. beard isn't great it's, it's a, like it's got a weird floopsy mustache i know i that i i have to say i don't understand that like richard rankin is an attractive man and the way they dress him and his beard they, it's like they're trying to make him frumpy and unattractive maybe yeah. they are i don't know maybe they are it's a weird i don't know if it's a stunt beard or what but it almost looks like it came from like a bad old pirate movie or something it's not good no maybe that's his real beard maybe he just grows a bad beard oh maybe anyway so roger invites tom christie in and as soon as he finds out that tom christie is from ardsmere you know he welcomes him he sits him down um tom christie's upset that there's not a church in fraser's ridge yeah, Tom Christie's, uh, I mean, he's, talk about a guy that's a bit of a dick. He's yeah. like a dick, like 247. Like, I don't understand. He's an interesting character, um, for sure. But I don't know, like, just to, you know, not to, just to be broad stroke here for a second. I don't know why anyone does this guy any favors. I know. He's just like a belligerent douche. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so when Jamie and Claire arrive home, they're, Jamie is obviously surprised yeah, there's to a see. belligerent douche in my kitchen yeah and yeah. he's looks at him sitting there you know at his table and roger sidles up and says well with mr christie being an ardsmere man i welcomed him and you said yeah you fucked up again roger because jamie just turns and looks at him every single time every time every and i said to you like time. god if you're jamie like what a bummer of a son-in-law roger is. yeah he just he, he cannot wait to fail, that guy. I don't know if that's a book thing, if that's like one of his character traits, but man, the show is just like, he is, he means well. but he, just, do, he does. And I said just like, whatever, like if Roger, like if Roger, it's like whatever you want to do, just do whatever the opposite is. Like, and that's the right thing to do. Yeah. yeah whatever your heart says, dead ass wrong. Yeah. Now you'll notice we haven't even talked about Sophie Skelton. How did you, because she was in the scene. But I feel like I they mean, are minimizing her. It's like she's in the scene because she has to be because she's Jamie and Claire's daughter. But she doesn't have a ton of lines. And really, she just has to. It's like she's a stick figure. It's hard for me because you just like you. 
Loinies, you should watch this show with. We should like live watch it at some point, <laughs> like just so you get like when she comes into the the room or the screen or whatever, like she just gets smashed by Megan immediately, and so it's hard for me to to like. I don't think she's that good either, but like I'm just waiting. <laughs> Basically, whenever Sophie Skelton comes on, it's just like how it's like a ticking clock. How long until she upsets Megan? Yeah, and it's not long. It's never no. long, and she, you know, it's not it's not undeserved no let's say, but. she'll like say one line and i'll look at joe and say and that's how that's how she delivered that line yeah like that was the final cut like they couldn't get better than that so that's what they used in the televised version of the show i mean they're committed she's she's brianna so that was oh my gosh it. such an error in casting why can't they recast the- people age and change and get different eyebrows i mean she does have very does she always have like black eyebrows with her red hair i think so yeah Did she yeah because that's you think you could i don't know paint those anyway whatever that's fine whatever that's fine so in conclusion though this whole scene you can tell jamie's not happy and he says of course he's yeah. wel- he's welcome to settle here it's like what are you that no. guy was awful to you like Awful. And you, and then he says to Claire later, well, when I put out a welcome to all Ardsmere men, I couldn't very well say all Ardsmere men except one. And it's like, yeah, you could. And it's like, also, you don't have to put it on the poster. But when he shows up, you can still be like, I meant everyone, I meant everyone but, you. but you. Goodbye, Dick. Because as you recall, everyone but you was really suffering together in the cell. Yeah, I, I don't, I mean, that didn't make it at all, like... There's two things that didn't make any sense to me. Why Jamie would let Tom settle there and why Tom would want to settle there in the first place. Oh, The whole episode, all I could think of was like, why didn't he go to the Browns? The Browns seemed like more of, of his, you know, cup of tea. Like, oh, like, you didn't bring that up? That's uh, a good point. Yeah, I was thinking about that. It's like, like I don't understand why he would try and force They look his... related. Yeah, like it, it didn't. Again, didn't read the book. Maybe there's a little more exposition there, but uh, I don't. I don't understand why he thought that Jamie was his only hope. Also, why the hell is he there in the first place? They didn't explain that. Like, why is he even in America? No, he with- did. No, because Roger said you must have been indentured if you came from Ardsmere, and he said yes. And then my um, employer died. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he had to come to America. Well, he was probably brought there. As a, on a school teacher boat? Like, I don't understand. Like, like Jamie and Claire washed up on the shore. Like they weren't. By mistake. Right, exactly. They didn't choose to come there. Tom somehow found them with his like gaggle of churchies. Like, I don't really understand. Yeah. And speaking of the gaggle, that was something you said that maybe that was the reason for like the logic behind Jamie not turning them all away is that he was there with not only his two kids, his two weird kids that we'll get into later. But also like 25 fisher folk. Right. So, yeah. So he wouldn't just be kicking uh, Stinky Tom to the curb. He'd be, you know, kicking all these poor people. Yeah. So that's that scene. In the next one, Brianna is telling Claire about how she's really not interested in showing her engineering designs after what happened to Claire. And you and I felt like it was valid. Yeah, that's super valid. That That's an interesting thing. And of course, yeah, like that makes a lot of sense. It's a big fat bummer, but you know, it, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Again, I don't know if that's a book thing, but it also helps drag out her character and keep her off screen less. If she's like, I'm just going to stand in the corner and not show any of my shit. 
so it, you know they might be motivated by that. I don't yeah. know. Where's Brianna? Oh, she's working on her engineering right. creation. She's never going to show anybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> perfect. Um, so then we have the talk between um, Jamie and Claire in bed. They're in their bed clothes, mm-hmm. and he says, "You know, you're an angel." And you're like, and then she said, would an angel do this? And she starts jerking him off. And you were reminded of, although you got it wrong, when she jerked him back, back to, to life. life. Yeah, yeah. You said, <laughs> you said, forgotten. she jerked him off to prevent him from dying. Right. And I corrected you and said, she actually. She resurrected him <laughs> with him. <laughs> it's like, guys, guys, for real, like. She's, I don't even know what to say. To she's her. Like, powerful. Oh. She is oh my God. a powerful angel that can give one heck of a hand job. I guess. Okay. So wow. anyways, the dialogue between them is atrocious. So thank you, Matthew B. Roberts. Great job, Sam Hewen, because Katrina Balfe, I don't know. She's got to be six or seven months pregnant here. Like she was such, you called her like a coat. What did you call her? Like a coat uh, hanger? Sack, sack of, sack coat, of coat hangers. Like she was so, so, so thin. She is still extremely thin, but you can tell she's pregnant, yeah, right? She's not like runway model anymore. Right. Yeah. And they just, they bunch up her nightie around her stomach because they don't want yeah. you to see like her pregnant belly. And good for Sam Hewen because he acts like, he does a great job. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're like it, it you said be... during the scene, like those two have, you know, rubbed their fleshy bits together so many times over the years that yeah. it's they're so comfortable i, I assume like, but it's whatever. sometimes not comfortable having sex with a pregnant person and sam Hewen had to do it anyways the sex scene goes on for a while as it as it must they and always go on longer than i expect it, i'm too. like it always and fade to blood no 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 we're not we're gonna get a shot from me oh there's boob yeah, no, no. It always, always, it always yeah. goes on longer than I yeah. expect, too. So, anyways, the music swells as they oh, swell. Right, I forgot about that. It's a bit much for me. It's like, yeah, who's the, the guy that's, you know, um, doing the score? He's like, really? Okay. Yeah. You know, da-da, come on. <laughs> um, anyway. Okay. Yeah. So, Sorry, guys. All right. Um, Malva appears at Claire's clinic. Who? And sh- Malva. Tom Christie's daughter, Malva. Oh, we didn't Malva talk Christie, about... and she is... She looks like a little witch to me. She's so beautiful. I think she's so beautiful, but she's so weird. Yeah. She's, she's super weird. She's like a spooky little witch that hides in the corner. That's what she looks like to me. Well, and like, I couldn't even follow this scene. All Every time she spoke, she was babbling about Lucifer and the burning fires of hell. Like, she is... And that's, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, she was like... Because Claire... She came in and Claire was talking about sulfur. And she's like, oh, sulfur's... Selfish for the devil. That, and then she was like, do you have any? Like, she's like into it, though. Like, she's not like, it's no, not. No, but she's not. She's completely brainwashed by her father, right? Who's like. Really? Because that. Oh, 100%. That didn't come across. Because she was kind of like, she was like, my mouth says the devil is bad, but my eyes say it's kind of cool. She's, yeah, she's a creepy little thing for sure. But no, no, she's, uh, she's just very into like, I think she's, she's like a Puritan. Okay. We'll find out. Her brother's not. Her so brother, maybe she's creepy I too. I mean, they're both... They're, they're both, weirdos. They're both weirdos. Both very well cast, I will say. Don't you yeah, think? Both yeah, good actors. Yeah. We have a scene with Drunk Fergus. Ah, uh, the first... The is first... This when, this is when he like stumbles up and Jamie's like, well, you're very lively or something. And it's 
like he's he's a mess and you were saying that you're not here for it still no still not here for it i i it's i don't know again don't read the books but i don't know how long this storyline drags out but it's like if jamie better straighten his ass out by episode three this season or or you know i'm gonna write a sternly worded letter okay then we have a boring scene to show that alan christy has that thing he's not supposed to have. Yeah. But it's a long scene. And I know because I watched the episode twice. Mm-hmm. I always watch it once by myself and then once with you. And I just feel like, again, I'm not a writer. But there has to be a better, quicker way to show that he has something he's not supposed to have. Like this seems like, what's the word? Unnecessary disposition or something? That's not the right word. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. A necessary exposition? That's what there I'm looking go. for. I will say that I actually thought this scene served a good purpose. Oh. Uh-huh. That's right. Contraire. Contraire, mon frere. Uh, I like, I mean, I love young Ian. Yeah. And I love, he's like, he, he's young Ian Bowhunter Supreme, which I thought was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And then we see the uh, the the powder horn, which I called immediately that he, I was like, he's like, I carved it. And like, he didn't carve it. Shut up. Yeah. You know, I knew something was wrong there. But then what, the reason I like this was, um, it showed, cause then the douchebag Browns showed up mm-hmm. and it showed, it showed that there was like, cause when we last saw the Browns, there was just that ominous thing where he's like, you did what you had to do Fraser and I'm going to do what I, but now we see that there is like hostile tension. Right. Like they shot at young Ian. Yeah. Which I think was supposed to not hit him, but like there was, they're obviously trying to like, they had their guns pointed at him the whole time. So, yeah. so we've escalated. Like there is a, like there is. They're on the precipice of violence. Well, and I, as you may recall, young Ian arrived when Claire was in the state she was in. So it was like young Ian and Fergus and Roger and Jamie said, kill them all. So young Ian killed them all. It wasn't like just him. Yeah. But he got in there though, for sure. He, He, without hesitation. Yeah. 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 Then we have the scene with Jamie and the guy, the red coat guy. I don't know what his name is, but you pointed out he's Scottish. They have a good relationship. They share a whiskey. Yeah, I thought that was interesting that he, they do have a good relationship. Obviously, he's, he's not like Tryon or where, you know. Oh, yeah. There's like, more control. Like he seemed like he was controlling. Yeah, this guy seems more, um, I don't know if he's, if it's that he doesn't rank as high as Tryon or, or how that works. But yeah, this guy seems a little more, um, Casual, let's say. Well, and he ranks high enough that his responsibility is to go around to all of the communities because he mm-hmm. was saying when Jamie got annoyed and said, you know, the brown- it's the it's the Browns who are lighting the fires. It's not the Indians. And he's just like, don't put me in the middle. Yeah, he's like, you guys are both respected yeah. and don't do that. And I thought that was really interesting. So he obviously yeah. thinks Brown is okay. Well, or he just doesn't want to get in the, the local, doesn't want to dirty his hands with local politics maybe I, I don't know but i did think it was interesting that um the actor is obviously scottish because yeah. he has a scottish accent yeah and they don't touch on that at no. all like i feel like that would be something of note right but then did you notice tom christie walks in because the frasers are having a big party like a big gathering a welcoming sort of thing tom christie and his two weird kids arrive early and tom christie says oh you've done so well jamie like this is a far cry from ardsmere yeah, he tries to throw him under the bus. I don't understand that. It's like, that's exactly what I mean. Like, he comes in and then he, like, purposely drops that he was in Ardsmere Prison. Yeah. 
to this so like he did like that was totally because jamie gives him the you know gfy look and you know it's but it didn't affect the red coat it was like he already knew or he would have assumed yeah he didn't care but it's like tom was trying to like this guy used to be in prison you think he's got a nice house yeah Yeah. it's like i don't really like why are you being such a dick and why are you still here yeah yeah and why is jamie letting you be such a dick so okay frasers are having a party we see roger being kind and good with a child you're like what's the purpose of this is he gonna i'm like i think they're just trying to show you that roger is a good person i actually asked if he was gonna sing a song because i thought oh, that's I where we like were going that. Yeah. then the browns show up yeah. and i hate this scene so much tom christie is just awful telling his son he pulls his son aside because they accuse him of stealing that thing that we knew he stole pulls his son aside and tells him that his mother is burning in the fires of hell, which is so dark. Like, what a horrible thing to tell a child. He's not a nice man. And the fact that people actually believe that stuff, like losing a loved one is hard enough, and then to suffer through life without them, but have someone you trust tell you that that person is actually in a constant state of misery? Like, what kind of a life is that? Not a good one. Have we... Before the Browns show up, though, has, had, did we miss the scene where Lizzie and Mrs. Bug have a pie placement battle? We did. I skipped that. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? I just, I actually <laughs> thought that was kind of a fun scene, to be honest, where they, where Lizzie, like, starts shifting around Mrs. Bug's stuff, and then Bug comes back and moves it around. I like the fact that they've got, that they've, like, the Bugs, even though I didn't read the book, are my favorite Easter egg because they've kept they've kept them in there and will randomly refer to them as like Mrs. Bug yeah. without ever explaining who they are or anything. Like <laughs> no, I kinda but I, I sort of like that they, they threw that little nugget in there. Um I thought it was kind of a well, cute scene. Well I'm glad that scene. you enjoyed it and it was a cute scene, which is nice because it follows with another scene of someone getting whipped. Yeah. And I'm not here for that. I mean, it was more supposed to be about the tension between Jamie and Brown, right? But, you know, it was, it was, he got belted, strapped more than whipped. Like, that was good. Jamie it's saved that. It's the same that. thing. It's definitely not the same thing. If they, if he had lashed him with the whip, it would have cut his back up like Jamie's. The belt, it hurt like a mofo for sure. But he, like Jamie, saved that guy by stepping in and doing it with his belt instead. Oh. Anyways, awful scene. I'm not here for it. But at the end of it, Jamie agrees to be the Indian ambassador. I feel weird yeah. saying Indian ambassador okay. because yeah. I should be saying like indigenous person right. but ambassador. That's what they said in the but show. that is that's a direct quote. And then he follows Tom Christie as he's leaving the party, quote, close quote, and reminds him that his word is law. Yeah. And, and as you said, Dickbag Tom's like, God's word is law. It's like, get off my land. Like, yeah. what do you do? Like, why You're like Tom you... Christie tells him to fuck off constantly and he doesn't do anything about it, which is weird. Yeah, it makes no sense. Like, come on, Jamie, like king of men. Like, why is he let this one dickbag walk all over him? I don't know. Of all the dickbags. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't either. I think, I, I, I think it's going to keep going, though. Then we have Drunken Fergus obnoxiously yeah. drinking while glaring at Marsley and then he sulkily stands up and says I'm sorry I'm such a disappointment and walks away yeah it's the double it's like don't maneuver. reverse guilt her you yeah. are a disappointment to all of us yeah, we had it, to watch that it needs to end that needs to end that's a crap storyline well and you pointed out that Jamie wouldn't let Fergus's drinking problem get that far right, right. That, that's why that's why it sucks so hard because yeah he looks at Fergus as a son and there's no way 
that he would ever let Fergus go that far down the hole. I like, agree. For sure. And it's a it's a double crapper because the old double crapper because uh, no, it's a it's a waste of Lauren Lyle. Like she's one yeah. of my favorite actresses on that she's show. She's good. And she like that's a crap storyline to be like the the sad abused pregnant white like it's like like i mean it's a very serious thing Mm -hmm. but i just feel like those scenes are more of a focus on drunk fergus and her just like reacting and being sad about it like she deserves better than that i agree yeah i agree that night claire has a nightmare and we hear we hear what she hears in her dreams and amongst a bunch of things that obviously involve the browns we hear Tobias's Menzies voice say, I will slit her throat. Yeah, it was nice to hear a little Toby in there, even though he's saying Do you think they had to pay stuff. him for that? No. No? No. Because it was from season... Yeah. That was from season one. Yeah, they just lifted a clip. It would be the same as if they had a flashback. They wouldn't... That's just... Okay. They own it. So she gets up and she tells Jamie she's going to make a cup of tea, but she's agitated. And Jamie just sits and watches her because he knows. Like, he knows that she is not right. And then, does she get a cup of tea, Joe? No, she doesn't. She gets a big old pot of drugs. Yeah. Yeah. And she drugs herself, fades to black. Yeah. So, I also don't like that, where it's like we have... Drunk Fergus. Drug addict Claire. And drug addict Claire. Yeah, I mean... Happy Happy episode one. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, these are all very serious subjects and very serious storylines and stuff like that. But it's just thematically such a far cry from what this show used to be that it's it's not the like I'm not I'm not here to I'm not trying to watch Euphoria, you know, or something like that, you know, which is a, a good show in its own right. But not that's not what I sit down to watch Outlander for. Like, yeah. It used to be an adventure show that made terrible choices that were kind of, you know, but it was always, there was always like some fun in there. Yeah, you know? I agree. Oh, totally. And, and now it's And just... like romance and excitement and right, time right. travel, by the way. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fantastical stuff and, you know, kilts and sword fights and yeah. Jamie swinging through a damn window or leaping over yeah. a balcony or something dumbass like that. Mm-hmm. And now, or maybe some humor, there was like some attempts at humor in mm-hmm. there. And now it's just a bunch of like sad ass people a on a sad, farm. It's, it's like, a lot of recovering from trauma. Yeah, it's like sad little house on the prairie. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's the episode. What would you give it out of 10? I mean, I don't know. Like we kind of talked about this last night. Or do we, we do it? Show. Sorry. Do we do it out of 100? What do we normally I mean, do it out of? It's a new new season. New. Let's do it out of like twenty six. No, uh, let's do it out of a hundred. Sure, out episode of 100. out of a hundred. It's would you so give hard it? because the bar is so low and low for a completely like what I just talked about. Low for a different reason. Like it's I go into these now just being like, do give me something to at least entertain me. So I mean I don't even I feel bad giving it a terrible rating. Well, we both, though, we both agreed when we started watching it, because we've been watching a lot of period pieces, and we both agreed that something we love about the show Mm. is the set design, the costumes. I actually did note that, that this show, um, for all of its, uh, let's say, storytelling flaws, um, Mm -hmm. always has fantastic production design, uh, uh, lots of, you know, production value, great costumes, all kinds of great stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, so 
episode out of 100, if you don't want to give yours, I'll say mine was probably 50. Yeah, I mean, like 30. Yeah, maybe, maybe mine was best. lower than 50. I didn't I didn't really like this episode. Yeah, and I mean, that's 30 on the new scale. That's like the, 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 the adjusted scale. Like, there was nothing in this episode that was really redeeming. There no. was nothing interesting. I know. You know, even like taking all the like, oh, I hate Lauren Lander. You know, like all that kind of stuff, like aside. Like, there was really nothing in this show in this episode that that was uh, compelling at all yeah so best scene what was your favorite scene uh lizzie and mrs bugs pie shuffling okay sure yeah Mm, okay i I didn't have one there wasn't one scene where i was like oh i can't wait to watch that again like i just i had to suffer through a lot of scenes again and i didn't really like that there wasn't one scene where i'm like oh i can't wait but I have high hopes for the next episode because I hear it's very good. Well, okay then. Um, worst scene? I mean, so I've got two different kinds of worst scene. Okay. Number one worst scene was anything with Fergus in it because it was right. just, um, I hate that storyline. Maybe more than any Outlander storyline oh to date. Oh my goodness. That's right. That's how much I dislike that storyline. Um, yeah, hate it. But probably the worst scene. Yeah. Uh, was the Ardsmere flashback only because <laughs> it made it didn't make a lick of you sense. You were you kept you were getting so frustrated. You kept hitting pause and asking me what was happening, and I didn't know. And you were like, "You're supposed to explain it to me. That's why we watch it together." And I'm like, "I don't remember. I I don't think I've read this far, and I I don't frankly understand what's happening either." So like, that was definitely it, your worst scene. It was so dumb from a. Uh, a, a show watcher point of view. Like if you didn't read the book and even you did read the book and you were like, oh, I don't those, think I read. Those, it's like, you know. would have no clue. Cause the only time we've ever seen Ardsmere was the John Gray era, you know, like that kind of stuff. So to go back and to just drop you right into this scene with no, yeah. like what it should have been, if they're going to do that is they should have started with Jamie arriving at Ardsmere prison. You know, and then we know that, okay, this is before Lord John, like, like this is, like, that would have given TV viewer, like, a bit of a, uh, like, a chronological, yeah. you know, awareness of where we are. Okay, this is a different time. Like, telling me it's 1740, whatever, that doesn't mean shit to me. Like, you know, or, or something like that, where they come in, where they bring him in, and he's all, like, scruffy, like, mountain man Jamie, and they, like, shave him down. You know what I mean? Like, and they, yeah. they show that it's early days. Because I didn't get that until like two thirds of the way through the through the the, the flashback sequence, right? So uh, I think that was just piss poor. That's it. I agree, and I mean, worst scene for me. Unfortunately, there was a lot to choose from. Probably mm. one of the flogging scenes. Oh yeah. Um, or maybe when Tom Christie pulled his son aside and said that horrible thing about his dead mother. Okay, MVPs. Uh, what MVP? What's that? Who would you say is the MVP? You know who? You know this is going to be a surprise you. Okay, this let's is, hear it. We haven't talked about it all all thing all, okay. all podcast. Uh, Brown. Oh. Yeah, that guy is an evil, creepy dude, and every time you see him on screen, there's tension. Like we've we've talked about this a lot of times, and what Outlander does so well uh, is cast fantastic supporting actors, and this guy's great. As soon as that guy comes on screen, he is the bad guy. You know, you know it. He looks like a bad guy. He carries himself like a bad guy. And 
there's always like the scene with him and uh, Ian and the scene with him and Jamie. Like there's tension. Like there's always tension when that guy's on the screen. So kudos. Yeah. So that's, that's my MVP. Okay. My MVP is Tom Christie. Really? That guy's a great actor. He is. I watched him twice in Ardsmere Prison and I hate him. And then like every, I, I believe everything he says and he's a horrible human being as far as I'm concerned. I can't imagine that actor being pleasant. <laughs> but again, that's a great example of them uh, casting a fantastic uh, secondary actor. Yeah. So good on them. Agreed. Maybe he can play um, Brianna. <laughs> oh, I would love that. I would love it. I know you would. His eyebrows are more on point, I think. And the hair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that pretty much wraps it up for the episode. But before we go. Before uh, we go. Yeah, I just wanted to, we both wanted to throw out just a special thank you to um, all the loyal loinies out there. You guys have <laughs> stuck with us through the uh, the Valley of Droughtlander and we really appreciate it. And we, I, I want to personally apologize because we sort of dropped it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't really go in the Facebook group. We mm-hmm. didn't really check the emails. So when we knew we were going to start it up uh, again, we went on and we, we found there was some, uh, we had some, some catching up to do. So sorry to leave you hanging like that, but uh, you know, really great to hear from you. And shout out to the couple in Boulder, Colorado. I'm not going to say names because I don't want to, you know, make anyone uncomfortable, but it made us so happy receiving that email. Like it just made our days. So thanks for listening and thanks for the email. And if anyone wants to send us an email, where can they reach us, Joe? Well, let me tell you, they can reach us either on Facebook um, at Loinlander Podcast Group. What's it even called anymore? That's what it's called. Loinlander Podcast Group. Uh, or you can reach out to us uh, on email at loinlander at gmail.com and on Twitter at loinlander. But we do we will check the emails. We will definitely check the emails yeah. and we will be more diligent about that. Yeah. So thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Gotta get back in time.